Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey, Akomi. Hey. So uh, that's me, Akomi. And it's me, Turk182. You're Turk. But you guys already knew that. Or did you? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So, um... Uh... Oh, jeez, what was I going to say? Uh... It doesn't matter. So, uh, hey, uh, we were talking earlier about stuff, and you were telling me about the um, printer you had to completely, like, strip down and and take apart and stuff. Yeah, it was was a real shitty day. (laughs) Okay, so I had... A printer, and I'm actually gonna see if I can look it up. Okay. Um, ooh, there's something good for you right there, man. Hey, yeah. <laughs> for a minute there, I thought you were going for the naked lady, but it's Nicolas Cage. Even better. 2013 crime mystery thriller called The Frozen Ground. An Alaskan state trooper. Oh, Nick, you goddamn genius, you. Oh, I just, I just heard about a movie that Nick Cage is gonna be in. Should I have to pull up on IMDb? He's like filming right now with somebody. Woo. And uh and I was like, oh he's gonna love this. I've still gotta see Color Out of Space and Jiu-Jitsu. I thought I you re- saw Color Out of Space. Nope, I saw Mandy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which Mandy was a spectacular movie. It's trippy as as balls, but it's really, really good. Now, is she a fine girl? Uh hmm, that'll sound mean if I answer that honestly. <laughs> so um She's all right. So she, so she wouldn't be a good wife. Uh, no, she made a good wife. That that's kind of where things started going wrong. Uh-huh. And then she wished for a big orange head. Uh. <laughs> Untitled Joe Exotic project. Um, he's gonna be playing Joe Exotic. This is Nick Cage I, is gonna be Joe Exotic. This is something I just read about uh, today. Fuck me sideways. <laughs> We're living in the best timeline. <laughs> the, the unbearable weight of massive talent. A cash-trapped Nick Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan uh, is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. Starring Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, right? So, like, the Mandalorian. Nicolas Cage is playing himself. Neil Patrick Harris, Tiffany Haddish, I, I almost don't believe this is even real. Uh, it sounds just far-fetched enough to be true. Wow. Um, oh, that That's just too damn beautiful. That's incredible. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> Did I ever tell you about this short film? I wanted to, I never actually wrote it. It was just always in my, in my head. It was called... Um, uh, it was called, like... Hollywood, Quinn Tarantino, and Me. Hmm. And it was like it was a short film I wanted to do, and it was all about me um, trying to be a screenwriter. And I was working on this perfect screen screenplay, and and uh, Quentin Tarantino is like my friend, and he keeps saying, "Hey, look, you know, you don't have to do all this stuff. I know you're a good screenwriter, you know, and I can get you, I can get you a job, you know, if you want." He's like, "No, I've, I've got to do some own. I don't, you know." Yes, you and I have been friends for a long time, but uh-huh. people aren't going to see that. All they're going to see is, you know, that oh, hey, you're giving your friend, you know, like a, like, you know, a, a helping hand there and not because I might be talented. So, um, but, but all the okay. while that they were doing this, like 
people keep giving Tarantino all these really bad ideas they're, and they're just running with it. Like they're making like a Jackrabbit Slim's like actual restaurant. And then they're like, oh, we want to do this. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. And like there's always bad ideas. Like here I've got this like great movie that I'm trying to pitch and like nobody <laughs> wants it. But yet everyone's like constantly going all these bad ideas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, but I never I never actually wrote. It's just an idea I had. I like it. Uh, anyway, um, so... So anyway, so getting back to, I'm, I'm gonna find this other this Nick Cage movie because. Um, well, you gotta tell me about the printer. I, I'm gonna tell you about the printer. I'm gonna tell you about the printer. <laughs> no, I mean I am. Because that's gotten derailed now for like four hours. So I've got to hear about this printer. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I, let me see if I can pull oh, that, it up. That that wasn't the Nicolas Cage movie you were thinking of. No, it wasn't. Oh my god! I mean, this is Nicolas Cage playing as himself in a movie about Quentin Tarantino. It's <laughs> god, I gotta see it. Uh so um. So it was, I'm thinking, maybe it was, a, it might have been a Panasonic. Um, now I'm thinking about it. And I don't think Panasonic ever made printers, but I'm going to look it up here. Uh, Let's see. Probably the oldest printer I've ever worked on was uh, an HP P3015. And that was back when they were still, like, that old retro kind of, like, tannish gray that old computers always were. Oh, yeah. And, like, it just had an LCD screen. That, I mean, it was decrepit. Um, I'm just, I'm looking here real quick, because I, because this was a very unique looking printer. And, and it's, it's kind of like, like, right now, I'm like, I'm building this thing up. Um, but, and I kind of am, not intentionally, but I kind of am building it up, because when I tell you, like, when I, when I when I M Night Shyamalan it for you, right? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. be like, "Oh wow!" Um, so this printer never worked again. It worked for a little while. It <laughs> it worked for maybe maybe I don't know maybe six months. Now this is not constant use, by the way. Um, yeah, that sounds about right for printers. So it worked for about six months, and then it stopped working, and we had to call the manufacturer. So. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right for printers. Let's see. It was a it was a multi multifunction. It was a printer fax scanner. Nice. And okay. this was I don't know twenty years ago. Um, All right. So uh, early two thousands, late nineties. Maybe. Yeah, I guess it was early. Um, uh, early 2000s. Yeah, um, that, that depressed the hell out of me to say that. <laughs> it depressed the hell out of me to say it too. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, tw- 20 some years ago. Oh yeah, early 2000s. Great. <laughs> um, I, I, I actually don't need a, a picture of it, but I'm thinking, first I was thinking it was Sony, but then I'm thinking, no, maybe it was a Panasonic. Um, again, which I'm like, wait, Panasonic made printers? But I, uh, yeah, so I'm seeing a printer. All right. So I get this thing and, um, and it, it, it works great. It looks like a little tower, almost like, like a, like old computer tower. Yeah. It was, it stood about, uh, a foot and a half tall. Um, okay. and it was about six, six to eight inches wide. Huh. And then maybe about a, uh, a foot deep. All right. Um, or long. I, I can never tell when you say like, like the wait, there you go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can never tell when, when it says like long, I'm like long or deep, like, like de- what depth of length. I'm like, I, like, whatever, dude. Um, like, like when you're supposed to use which one and which one you, like, but anyway. So, um, 
So it, it, it worked great. And like you put paper, you put the paper into the top and it fed it out and come out through like the side. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a neat looking thing. That's cool. Um, so it kind of stopped working and like you would try to put the paper in it and it would kind of either, it would get jammed up or it would feed it through and like the, um, I think it took toner, like toner cartridges. So <laughs> it wasn't like an inkjet. So it was, it was, uh, the, um, the uh, page would get, when it would come through, it would just have just like toner just smeared on it and things weren't oh. printing right and couldn't figure out like what the issue was, like what's the deal, man? And like I said, it was maybe about six weeks that, uh, I mean, six months that I had this thing. And again, not continuous use, uh, but it just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't faxing right because it wasn't, the paper wasn't like being pulled through properly and all of a sudden it was, yeah. it, it was just bad. It sounds like it had a lot of problems. Actually, it only had one problem. Hmm. Okay, so um, so end up calling the manufacturer and talking to him, telling what the problem was. And they were like, "Okay, oh yeah, yeah, we know, we know about you know what the problem is with this." And um, and uh, I try to think what the solution was because I don't think it was uh, because you couldn't send it back. Uh, crap, I don't remember what the what the. Because we never did get it fixed. Because I think it was it was going to be too expensive to get it fixed. Um, the uh, uh, not not they're not wheels. What are they? Um, the rollers. Yeah, the rollers. Thank you. The rollers that would roll. Just a little industry term we pros like to use. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew what it was. I just couldn't think of it at the moment. It the rollers. Um, so the rollers on it were made out of cork. Cork, wow. Okay, I've only ever seen rubber ones, so this is an old printer. Well, the thing is, I, I, I like who make who makes rollers out of cork? I've never seen a cork roller before. That's crazy. So you know what the problem was? Uh, presumably the cork had worn down smooth. The cork was was, was basically wearing off and chipping yeah, away, yeah. and so it wasn't catching the paper anymore and pulling it through. So the paper would just get caught and then not go anywhere and the toner would get smeared all on it. And it's like, yeah, so we have to get the rollers repaired. So you have to send it in, I think. And then they would have to like basically take the whole thing apart and then replace the rollers. Wow. That's a bad design. At like my expense. And <laughs> that's a really bad design because like with the printers I work on, rollers, I mean, you just can just pop them right off and put new ones on. But then they also use rubber rollers, so... Yeah. <laughs> Which also wears down very quickly. Like, the most common thing you're going to deal with is rollers, but... Yeah, they were made out of cork. That's crazy. And I know. And I'm like, what the crap? And and the thing was pretty expensive when I got it, too. It was like maybe $300 or something at the time that I got it. because But it was a printer fax scanner. Now, it was black and white, too. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't really have a lot of printer fax scanners at that time that that were cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, they made the rollers out of cork. And like, <laughs> what the crap? That's crazy. Isn't it though? That is so crazy. So. It's, it, that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying to think because this just sounds like it's built backwards from all the printers I'm used to. Because typically, which of course you're saying it's a bottom-down feeder. 
Mm-hmm. Most of the printers I work on actually pull the paper up from the tray at the bottom and then feeds it out to the output bin at top. But, um, like, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, like, move it through the rollers and then takes it through the transfer roller, which, like, basically puts the image on the paper, and then it goes through the fuser, which heats it and binds the toner to the paper. So if yours is getting caught in the rollers and then smearing the toner everywhere, it's almost like it's putting it through the transfer roller before it goes through the pickup roller. So that 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 just sounds like a really unusual design. Yeah, I mean that's, that's trippy. It it was cool looking. Like the the way it was set up was was really cool. The design sounds awesome, like aesthetically. Yeah, because uh, it was slim, so it you know you. It wasn't this big bulky thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. It, it was just. It was just the crazy. I'm like, and like, what? Out of cork? Like, what the crap? And so we seen like little pieces of cork or whatever, just like little flakes of it. But uh-huh. I had no idea what that was. They didn't right. think much of it. It's probably not important. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, you used to see it like around the printer, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it was like like the paper was covered in it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy that like I mean shit. I've 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 seen printer fixes where like one screw is loose on one of the like outside covers. Like it's one of the things that you think is the least important part at all. It's like oh yeah, I can do without that one screw, and that's causing jams. Like printers are the most temperamental pieces of shit out there. It's it that's it's so funny. The when you the one that printers are are that temperamental and two how like something like a when you've ever taken anything apart so as a kid I used to take shit apart all the time mm-hmm. just because I, I I I just wanted to take it apart not that I really want to know how it worked because even taking it apart doesn't mean I know how it works but right, right. Uh, take it apart just to kind of take it apart see what it yeah, looks like because it's satisfying yeah it's a and, lot of fun and then you put it back together again. And then when you have that one screw or that that little <laughs> rubber washer that is left over and you're like, yeah, but I don't remember where this came from. Like, I don't remember seeing it as part of it when I took it apart, but obviously it had to be a part of it because here it is right now. Yep, but yep. <laughs> but I put everything back and everything seems like it works fine. <laughs> God, that's such a nerve wracking feeling. <laughs> it's so nerve wracking where it's like, oh God, I've got an extra screw. I hope it's not an important one, but it's a printer. So it's like, yeah, they're all important. <laughs> And you're you're just waiting, and like you play, it's like everything seems to work fine at first. We're just waiting for that shoe to drop, yep, you know. <laughs> yep. And you don't know when. And that and that's the thing, like, and you know, like we were talking about, I had that total tear down today, and there's nothing more nerve wracking when you strip a printer all the way down to its chassis and then put it all back together, and then you hit the power button for the first time, and it's like, please, dear God, mm-hmm. let this just turn on without incident. And it's really satisfying when it does, because then you're like, yeah, I'm a technological genius, but when shit goes wrong, oh god. You know, the bad thing is, with you, you don't have the privilege that I have of, like, the like the 15-second rule. Like, as long as it's working, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I can get away, like, if like I walk out of here, like, 15 seconds later, and, it, and before it breaks down, then it's not my fault. You, it's like, yeah, you just gotta go back and fix it. It's like, oh, shit. If I can just set it up to where it falls apart in the next person's hands, then I can probably get away with this. But, yeah, now that we, we have to, like, test our shit and actually make sure that it works for, like, 100 pages, it's just a bad scene. That's a lot of wasteful trees. 
Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I never believe any hospital that says that they're uh, a paper-free facility, because it's like, nah. <laughs> no, I've seen what you do with your paper, you <laughs> bastards. Oh, man, it's too funny. I'm just going to keep looking for this thing, because sure. I've got to show it to you, and I, I wish I could remember who made it, but guy it was so long ago, and then the thing didn't work. Um, but, uh... Yeah, it's... It, uh, it doesn't sound like anything I'd be familiar with, which I'm really only familiar with HPs and Xeroxes. I, I don't think it was an HP, because... Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Xerox. Uh, I wouldn't think it'd be a Xerox, because both of those are really, like, just, like, bottoms-up feeders. Um, I, I gotta say, for the most part, I kind of prefer the hardware on HPs, and I kind of prefer the software on Xeroxes. But one thing I'll give Xerox over HP is um, they would provide us techs with a rubber restorer for the rollers. Mm -hmm. It was basically like a really mild acid. So when the rubber rollers were worn down and you were like waiting for a shipment to come in with new rollers to replace, you could just use that rubber restorer, the acid, to kind of like wipe off the smooth parts and get to like the rough rubber underneath. And that'll buy you a few more days. Of actually picking up the paper, so I always thought that was cool. How's how's the um, the rubber restorer work? Uh, it, it's like a really mild acid, basically. So it just eats away. Oh, so it just smooths it out. Uh, well, it actually like gets rid of the smooth part and gets to like the rougher stuff underneath. Oh, so it can grab because yeah, it, gotcha. it grips. It grips. So yeah, like the first time I actually saw that in action, I was like, oh, that's that's actually really smart. So I was telling you um, before we get started, next before we even get to our actual uh like podcast topic <laughs> i was telling you about the, the knife sharpener i got yeah yeah and uh with the the knife sharpener it um it tells you about the different stones uh, uh sharpening stones and like when you're and i I, de- I never knew this before so i'm not saying this like like oh i know all about it but like the knife blade does not become dull it gets burrs on it that uh, mm-hmm. and so you really just just like um uh just kind of like sh- sh- scraping off the burrs yeah, to get yeah. back to the edge because the edge pretty much stays sharp and um and like another thing that can st- that can make a knife appear dull yeah is that um the blade will become warped <laughs> and okay. so one of the things that it does is it, it will um it will uh like reshape the blade and make the blade like flat again or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, oh. I was like, that's, that's bizarre. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's super interesting. And I was like, huh? I'm like, well, hot damn. So Call anyway, the and the fireman, uh, Mark Ronson, right? Uh, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Bruno Mars and Mark, Mark Ronson. Oh yeah. I've only ever knew it was Bruno Mars. <laughs> Yeah, I, guys, I I think it came up on my when I was listening to um, uh, Amazon, hmm. and I was like streaming one day, and it came up. Um, I think I think that's both of them. Okay, shit. What's the name um, of the song again? Uh, Uptown Phone. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Which that's that's one when I first heard it, I really liked the song, but then it just got played to death. It was so overdone. Yep. It's like, well, culture has once again ruined something I'm enjoying. So thanks. I knew a person once that uh, that liked music. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say they like. They like music, 
Uh, well, she, I, I don't know him anymore, so I don't know what they what they do or don't like. Uh, what do or don't or will or won't you? But um, but they uh, but they only like bands that were obscure and that no one else listened to. <laughs> and if a band or a song ever became popular, then they stopped liking them. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, that right there says a lot about them. But uh, I, I'm not saying it says a lot about them, good or bad. I'm just saying that just says a lot about them. That that says a lot about, about the person's character right there. But, yep, yep, it does. Yeah. I mean, I I used to be that way. I used to be the person who was, like, so contrarian that I would just avoid shit just because it was popular. Because, like, you know, you kind of get the, like, typically herd mentality isn't the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. But then I I think what kind of turned it around for me was Harry Potter, because, you know, growing up in a super religious household, you you don't do magic stuff. Um... And boy, I pendulum swung in the opposite direction of that. Because <laughs> now it's like, hell yeah, D&D. Um, but, uh, like, once I, like, actually read through Harry Potter, it was like, holy shit, these are really good. <laughs> these are really, really good. No wonder they were popular. I have to agree with you there, because I stayed away from it, because uh, we talked about this once before, that it was, um, it to me, it seemed like it just blew up out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, it's like, Harry Potter, I'm like... What, what, like, where did this come from where everybody's screaming about this? And I was like, yeah, I want no parts of that. I don't like anything that seems like it, it gets super popular overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't want to have any part of it. And so, of course, by the time all the Harry Potter hype died down, I was like, fine, I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out. And I was like, wow, this is really well written. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so now I, I try to actually, like, gauge my actual interest on it and you know i i acknowledge a lot of things just have shitty shitty fan bases and that that can make things tough but you really can't judge a product by its fan base uh yeah that's true i was, I was gonna say he can you but no you, i mean you're, you're right you can't because just because the, the the fans happen to be um a little over exuberant, let's mm-hmm. say, doesn't necessarily mean that the that that particular product asked for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's not. It's it's kind of like us. We we do we do our thing, and we don't necessarily know who our fans are. And Russian terrorists. Oh, oh okay. Well, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I checked our metrics because <laughs> I mean I do like Russian women. Well. Mm-hmm. I like women from from the uh, Slavic and Ukraine countries because they're kind of hot. <laughs> Just kind of. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but it's like we do what we do and we like what we do, but we have no idea like who is going to find this appealing. So mm-hmm. when we find like, oh, it's these guys. Um, it's like, oh, assholes. I see. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> You know, there's, there's, there, you know, they're common, like salt of the land, you know, morons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so getting on to our actual topic while I'm still trying to find this freaking printer. Um, yeah, is, we're, we're halfway through the episode now. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Sure. Okay, well. <laughs> you wouldn't want to just make this a non-topic one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we've done too many of those uh, lately <laughs> to do another one. That's uh, true. We did just post two non-topic ones back to back. Uh, but anyway, so our actual podcast topic 
Um, is so I'm quite the fan of the fifth element. Mm-hmm. And I think most sci-fi people are. Uh, you know, I I rarely ever heard someone say they don't like the fifth element. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. The only person I can say I didn't like it, and I was like, I when I showed it to him, I was like, you're gonna love this movie. I know you are because it's similar to other movies that you really like. And um, and I showed it to them, and they're like, "No, that was stupid." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" Um, and they're like, "Yeah, that and it was like." I thought for sure you'd like it. it. Was like, "No, it was dumb." I'm like, "Um, okay, um, wow." So, yeah. So I mean, obviously we stopped dating, but. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, but I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? The fifth element is pretty much Star Wars and New Hope just, uh, just re- like redone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like a complete, it's not a complete, um, like a remake or, uh, reinterpretation. It's been kind of like, like chopped up and rearranged, but it's pretty much like, Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah, okay. So you've got, you've got the, it was start from the, the, you've got the priest who, uh, you know, he, he follows an ancient religion mm-hmm. that most other people don't follow. You know, he has to pull that big, huge old book um, and he's telling the president about the, you know, thing and um, about the, uh, the, uh, the fifth element and all that kind of stuff. And the president doesn't even like whatever this thing is. Like they know they recognize him as religion, but all the the parts of his religion and what they do, and like, oh yeah, the um, the Manichewans and all this stuff is like they don't even remember any of that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, Father Cornelius, sure. Yeah, so yeah. their temple is in the desert, mm-hmm. like Tatooine. Tatooine, even, yeah. even though even that's not where the Jedi, Jedi temple is, though. But that's where. Obi-Wan is hanging out. Yeah. And um, Father Cornelius wears a a kind of like a uh, a brown cloth kind of robe that mm-hmm. with that it covers it that covers his head, just like Obi-Wan. Yep, yep. So he ends up enlisting the aid. Now in, in a new hope, um, Luke kind of comes to him in a sense. Yeah. yeah. But it, but uh, in this one, he Kind of goes to Luke. Well, first, Luke goes to him first mm-hmm. because he has something that belongs to him in a sense, which would be Lilu. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but then he goes to, to, to Corbin and says, we need your help. Even though he just wants to take a second, we need your help. Mm-hmm. So Corbin is a, a loner. Now, instead of like dreaming for the stars, he does kind of like dream of a peaceful life. Yep, yep. He is a, an excellent like pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Luke, you know, well, you don't say Lucy X and five, but you know, he runs around everywhere on his land, on his land speeder. Yep. And yep. Corbin drives his taxi everywhere. Um, Luke seeks adventure. Corbin's had adventure, um, but doesn't really shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, end up getting his help to fight a bad guy, um, who is evil, but his own he's not evil just for the sake of being evil it just like he sees the world differently he's like you know yeah. you see the world this way i see that that chaos is actually order 
Mm-hmm. And the bad guy is doesn't really control, but has a massive planet weapon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is going to destroy the Earth. Yep. <laughs> so then they go to uh, they go to a uh, to um, uh, see the Pablo Laguna um, the the Angel Constellation, and they go they. Um, uh crap what's the name of that that place they go to uh, uh Faustin's Paradise yep um which is a villainous hive of scum right right because you've got um as as uh Ruby Rod is saying who is kind of like your C3PO in a sense a little bit right lots of gold and lots of panic right and he's <laughs> he's he's also the uh the kind of comic relief in that mm-hmm. and he's even though, like, you know, CPPO is, uh, he speaks all these different languages and he's like, you know, he, um, uh, what do you call him? He's a, um, human cyborg relations or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah. and Ruby Rod is a radio show host that broadcasts out to millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he, as he's going through at the Divas concert, he's saying, you know, like, here we have, you know, Roy Von Bacon, King of Laser Ball, and then we've got uh uh I can't remember the guy, the uh the one that's deaf, and then you know, the Empress of Koto Japan and or Koto you know, whose daughter is apparently like a big whore and, <laughs> and all this stuff. So all these people there are not like the best people in the world. Right. Kind of like Mose Isley. Right, right. You know, and like it's it's pretty much Star Wars, except for instead of Luke, or in this case, Dallas, getting the Force, he mm-hmm. gets the stones mm-hmm. and then uses Princess Leia, who is Lilu, mm-hmm. to destroy the Death Star. Nice. So it's just, like, it's, it's all just reworked and reshaped, yeah. but it's pretty much Star Wars and New Hope. It seems beat for beat, yeah. Which it's interesting. I've always heard people say that. A New Hope is basically just retelling the Kurosawa film Hidden Fortress. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah. Then, you know, we've talked about that. that Like, there's only so many story structures that really effectively works in movie form. And that's why so many movies are so similar. But, uh, but yeah, that is very interesting. And so, um, like, Luke... So, so Luke has, uh, was it Biggs? Um, that he knows. Mm -hmm. Um, Biggs and Dax. Um... And then when he officially joins the rebels, he's like, "Hey, you know, it's like, yo, let me show you. Go, that Luke. He's like the best pilot. Did he describe him as like the best pilot um, back on Tatooine or whatever? I think so. Yeah. The general comes to Corbin and says, "Hey, he's like, you know, you're the like, you know, uh, out of all the people in your platoon, you're the one that has the most uh, experience in in all this information. Has knows uh, mm-hmm. can use all the weapons in also." You're the only one alive. Yep. Luke yep. is like the last of his friends that were still on Tatooine. And and they basically like the 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 general or uh the colonel? Um right. He, he um is basically kind of playing the Dax the Dax Biggs, like, oh hey, let's go ahead and enlist this guy and bring him in here to help us fight the war. Yeah. Fight the battle. It's Pretty much that's, Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's very, very similar. That's a lot of overlap. Uh, yeah, I mean, but not to the point that, that it, it's horrible, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, I like that kind of thing. I think it's cool oh. to retell those things. Okay, so check this out. So, 
um, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, of course, knew each other before. Mm-hmm. And they meet each other, get on the Death Star. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorn calls for the priest. And, and he's like, he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, I can't forget the, remember the guy's name. Um, but the trickiest character, um, he goes, uh, he says, uh, bring me the priest. And he's like, Mr. Zorn would like to see you. And he's like, you know, who? And that's when he introduced, he goes, ah, yeah, the so-called art dealer. So it's the second time they've met. Mm-hmm. Just like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. It's like, oh, here's our hero and a villain. They've met once before. Of course, it was off screen, just like in Star Wars. Now yep, here they yep. are meeting again. And these, and now they like the, I, the, the plan is here. Oh, I see what you're doing and you see what I'm doing. Yep. Yep. I like it. It's all right there, man. That's awesome. And then, of course, um, Luke saves Princess Leia from the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Corbin saves Lilu from the air vent yep. after Zorn tried to kill her. Uh, well, so then there's both scenes with vents. Or I guess like the garbage chute yep. versus the vent. So, yeah. That's really cool. See, I like that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think that stuff is problematic. I think it's I think it's very cool when you can kind of drape stuff over the same basic plot line. Yeah. And... And I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever brought this up before, but if they haven't, look how long this movie's been out there before someone has, has like put the dossier and be like, hey. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it wasn't immediately obvious, I think it's okay. Yeah. Unlike Robo War. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a really fine line between like draping a story frame over the same structure versus just blatant ripoff. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't like peel the hood ornament off of off of Rolls Royce right. and like slap my Iron Man figure on top of it and be called a brand new car. But like, no, 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 no this is the Stark three thousand. I don't know what you're Rolls who? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like I've I've talked about it many, 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 many times on the podcast that like one of the reasons I like the Superman story, the initial Superman story, is that it's the the Christ story. Mm-hmm. And that, like, it's it's a very good retelling of that. It's a, it puts a fresh spin on it, but it's unmistakably the Christ story, and that's cool to me. I th- I think that's really really interesting. And uh, trying, I'm trying to think of some other good examples. I would say that uh, both Shazam and probably the Sonic the Hedgehog film could both be considered, like... uh, Well, I guess the Sonic movie is more technically like a fish-out-of-water story, but um, they're both technically like the King Arthur story, where you have these characters who are imbued with powers, and then they have to rise up to their destiny to actually use those powers for good. I mean, that's essentially the King Arthur story is he, he gets Excalibur and then he has to rise up and become the king. Right. So, I mean, like, I, I think that kind of thing is, like, super, super cool. I, I really enjoy that. I remember what uh, what a thrill it was to realize that, oh, brother, where art thou is just the Odyssey. Yeah. Like, that's that's freaking awesome to me. I love that. I need to actually go back and watch it again, knowing this, the Odyssey. Because mm-hmm. um, when I when I found out about it, and then I and I was like, okay, okay, the Cyclops, the Sirens. And I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, okay, I, I, I see it. And it's not like it's a secret. I mean, they were like, hey, this is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But when I first watched it, um, I didn't know that. But I haven't gone back and watched it again now, knowing that and looking at me like, oh, it's the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's worth rewatching just because Clooney's amazing in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do not want Fop, goddammit. <laughs> I'm a damn damn man. Oh, it's good. And then uh, you've got, uh, was it Tim Blake Nelson? Um, who you, which you still have not seen the Watchmen TV series. That's right. I have not. Oh, uh, and, uh, uh, was it, and Mirror Guy. Oh, Mirror Guy so awesome. Yeah. What, My what name you is Looking me? Glass. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so awesome. Yeah. What you show me of Mirror Guy is amazing. Yeah. And the special effects on them are just incredible. Did I, did I, do you see that, uh, that breakdown of special effects or how they had to do that? Uh, I don't remember if you showed me the video on it, but you did explain it to me. I think it was, uh, Aperture and I watched that, you know, where they were like, they had to do a 360 of the room with nobody in it. Yeah. And then they had to layer, cause like the material just would not reflect the right way. Mm-hmm. And then they had to layer all that on there. It's, it's beautiful. And, and it's a lot to do for that one thing. It's like, well, you could have done something else, but no, it fits perfectly and mm-hmm. it looks so good. Um, oh yeah, that that level of effort shows for sure. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, basically Tim Blake Nelson, and you got John Turturro in it, and, and you've got all the the I don't want to say smaller characters, but you got all the, the the kind of smaller parts like John Goodman's character. Oh, I love John like Goodman's character. Holly Hunter's character. You know, there's always people people that pop in and out, and um, don't squishing the frog is so great. <laughs> and aren't um the uh. The band members, um, aren't two of them from ZZ Top or my, or are they actual country singers? I thought they were like ZZ Top guys, uh, but I don't really remember. I hadn't heard about that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me because they all have the long beards. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's kind of cool. Now, I'm not sure if I want to go into great detail here or if, um, if I want to save it for a separate, um, a separate podcast, but we had talked about, um, well, I mentioned, uh, how, um, I got to pull it back up again. Um, because, uh, we were going to get, try to get Aperture, uh, uh, to, to join us on that episode, but his schedule has been so, you know, kind of turned around mm-hmm. that, um, I don't think he'd be able to do it, but, um, Age of Ultron is uh, basically a better version of Tron Legacy. I could see that, yeah. So my thing was, um, so uh, Tron Legacy, you've got um, uh, Clue, who is, um, I forget what's the guy's name, um, the guy that made the the Tron world. Um, It's been years and years since I've seen either Tron movie. Um, I I actually fell asleep during the first one. Um, uh, I, I've seen most of, uh, most of the first one, like kind of straight through, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, Flynn, right? So you've got, uh, Flynn makes the, you know, the world of Tron and he ends in and he, he makes, and the other one, he makes Clue, which is supposed to be a perfect version of him. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Stark makes Ultron. Now he... Didn't make Ultron to be a copy of him, but Ultron basically becomes a copy of him. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because Ultron adapts Stark's personality, not because Stark put himself in there, but just because he he just he just does he 
you know, when he's looking through, like he's in Stark, he's in Stark's machine. So of course, being Stark, everything's going to be about him. Right, right. And basically forms his his uh, identity off of him. Yeah, yeah. And he sees himself as being a better version of the original. Mm-hmm. And his idea is to, I'm a better version of the original, and the original is mortal and flesh. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to reshape and remake their world as metal. Yep, yep. And Clue is, you know, you're mortal and flesh, and I'm a digital version. I'm better than you, mm-hmm. so I'm going to make the world digital. I like, you know? it. I like it, it. it. It's pretty much the exact same thing, you know. Like, yeah. Like the, the it's a, basically a Frankenstein story, but it's mm-hmm. still the same thing. It's like, but Age of Ultron is so much better than Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy tries, yep, and yep. it doesn't really succeed. It's a little boring. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you, but you've got the, you've got the, the creator fighting its creation yep, yep. for the world now. In Legacy, though, you do have a son that comes in there and helps. But if you're going to say that, you could also say that then that the vision is Stark's son. Mm-hmm. Because the visions I, is, well, the map for his personality comes from Ultron. Yeah. I mean, not Ultron from, uh, from, uh, Jarvis. Jarvis yeah. And he says, I'm not Ultron, I'm not Jarvis either, yep. right? Just like Flynn's son isn't him mm-hmm. because he grew up without him. Yes, I'm your son biologically. Yeah. And, and you know, you did raise me to a certain point, but everything else about me came from myself. Yep, yep. So, and so then uh, Flynn and his son, you know, both fight to take, to take down Clue, mm-hmm. just like Stark and Vision fight to take down Ultron. Very nice. Very and, nice. And the whole thing is, like, in, in Age of Ultron, they're like, we've got to cut him off from the net so he can't download himself anywhere else so he's got no place to go and destroy all of his bodies. Yep, yep. We can't let Clue get out of the digital world mm-hmm. and into the real world. So we've got to make sure that he can't escape and shut down any means that will allow him to get out into the real world and not let him out. It's pretty much Tron Legacy. yeah. Just a better version of it. Yeah, which, as you said, is the Frankenstein story, but the the original subtitle to Frankenstein was the modern-day Prometheus. Right. So Frankenstein is just the Prometheus story. Shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said Frankenstein. I meant Frankenstein. <laughs> I, 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 I apologize to everybody. I knew you guys were the whole time thinking, like, God, this guy's a freaking idiot, right? It's like, it's like, why does he keep saying, sorry, I meant blue, Frankenstein. You know to go to, why don't you go? Fashion sits. <laughs> you know, you can't do that without, without like, doing the whole body motion, too. <laughs> it's impossible. You have to, yeah, like, stiff back. Yeah, and crane your neck up and everything. And just, we always swore do, like, we the, would do that on karaoke sometime. And do, like, the whole Joe Cocker movement. Uh, yeah, we, well, I mean, I want to, but the, here's the thing. If we get up there and we do it, how many people nowadays are going to know Young Frankenstein? Um, I think most people in like my generation and your generation would know it. So other people though like, are going to would just be straight up shit creek, but and they're going to see us and thinking, why are they making fun of like handicapped people? <laughs> and that's what they're going to say. And then they know what to expect from the podcast. It's perfect. <laughs> so oh. if you think this is bad, you should see when we're trying to make fun of retards. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
So yeah, so I mean, I, I think some people could say like they're not really that similar, like Ultron and and Tron Legacy, but I mean, I, they 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 pretty much are. Uh, so let's see. I'm just gonna I'm on uh, IMDb right now, just gonna give a little kind of overall of the plot here. Kevin Flynn, you know, CEO of Income, uh, at the end of the first film disappears. Twenty years later, his son Sam, uh, uh, blah blah blah. He, well, we know he, he gets erased and all that kind of stuff. He ends up going into, goes to the arcade, gets pulled into the computer, and um, he's captured into the games. And, and um, uh, takes him to Clue, the Grits corrupt ruling court program, who resembles a young Kevin. Clue kills Sam in a life cycle match, but Sam is rescued by Cora. Uh, and a prince of Flynn who sh- takes him to his hideout and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, all that stuff, that's, that's just, I don't want to call it like, uh, flavor plot. I'll just say pl- flavor plot, right? right you know, right. like where you go and what you do and who helps you. That's not, that's not a main part of the, of the plot itself. You know, the, the overall themes are like this person, this person, here's my plan. Here's what you try to do. Stop me, all that kind of stuff. But so you've got that now. What you don't technically have is a um, is a uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, right, right. But in a sense, you kind of do because you do have the other people that work in the games for him who have been so like um, Clue actually taking over people and turning them into um, into um, his kind of like puppets, right? Yeah. So almost in a sense, you do have you don't have a a specific one, but you do have a Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty much the same thing, and you're fighting on his terms. And it's there you go. Yeah, it's super cool. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Um. So Clue kills Sam. Um, Cora tells uh, tells him that Kevin's been working to create a perfect computer system. Has appointed Clue and had appointed Clue and security program Tron as its co-creators. The trio discovered a species of naturally occurring isomorphic algorithms or ISOs with the potential to resolve various natural mysteries. Clue considered them an aberration, betrayed Kevin, killed Tron, destroyed the ISOs. Um, so. Almost in a sense, you know, like the you're an aberration, kind of like Ultron is like, oh, you know, humans have to evolve. They have to become better. You yep, know, yep. you know, when I'm done, the only thing left in this world will be metal. Kind of the same thing. I, I say you can. I know some people are like, yeah, you mean yeah, you can take it and look at it that way. But that's not how it is. We, I don't disagree. You can. You know, but at the same time, I don't think I'm wrong either. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that they that he was like, I'm going to make a better version. I'm just saying that if you look at the two movies, they're very identical plot wise. Only one's told much better than the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not as convoluted either. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason that people didn't really get into uh, into Tron the first time was like, man, this is really kind of overly convoluted. And I'm not really quite sure what's going on. It's like, oh, no, don't worry. We're going to make a sequel to it. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to clear things up by explaining how computers work like no <laughs> no it doesn't yeah. work Oof. <laughs> all right sorry so I, i've been i've been like, like dominating this this conversation here so oh, no, yeah, no, no, add, add, in, add in your oh no no i mean i um i i think i've contributed most of <laughs> most of what i had in mind i'm just trying to think of other of other stories that are analogous to each other um 
crap. Now I'm totally blinking. Did you say Abe Lincoln? You said I'm totally blinking. Blinking. <laughs> totally blinking. I'm I'm really tired. <laughs> you've uh, you've seen um, you've seen uh, Robin Hood many tights, right? Yeah. And you say, say you say. Hey, Blinken. He's like, did you say Abe Lincoln? No, I said, hey, Blinken. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. God, that's a good movie. Uh, yeah, so, uh, as, I mean, there, there are other movies. You can take you can take movies and kind of take them and put them together and be like, hey, you know, I think this works like that. and Or this is very close to this one. Yeah, you know, but um, in this case, I mean, those two just kind of like really... Uh, jumped out of my head and in my mind, I was like, "Hey, um, these two kind of fit together like that." Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's one that I don't think I would have. Uh, I I don't think I would have made that connection myself. You know, sometimes I, my mind just kind of goes off into places, and I'm like, "Oh, um, so." Uh, so as you guys know, whenever we're doing a podcast, normally we have something going on, playing in the background, and we started doing this podcast right after we uh, did our Let's Watch of the first 1979 Captain America movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it hadn't actually left Tubi yet. We just kind of had a, we had, we weren't watching anything, so I was just kind of flipping through here, like you know, like new recommended stuff, and they have this um, this documentary here. It's called Sex in the Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, C O M I X. 54 minute um, documentary from 2015. You know, I I'm not wasn't really paying attention to. It. I just kind of like just kind of flipping through everything here. But the, so this one this one image here on the background that caught my eye, and as where I wasn't had no interest in this at all. Now I kind of have an interest in it because you see the guy there with the the blue bow tie and everything. Mm-hmm. That's a Libertor art. I recognize it immediately. The guy that did Ranzarocks. Okay, yeah. that's Ranzarocks art. So I'm like so. Somewhere in there, I'm assuming they're going to talk about Ranzarocks, which I freaking love. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'm like, yeah, now I kind of want to want to watch this thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious about it, but I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like they're just going to like start with, of course, the Tijuana Bibles. Yeah, and then move on to the underground comics in the '60s, which, of course, is going to be just talking about Bob Crumb, and they might make a casual mention of Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers or something. Well, since it says English and French, I'm assuming that it's probably going to be more of the French stuff. Uh, so, um, yeah, of course they'll talk about Mobius. If, yeah. If it's French, they're going to talk about Mobius. But uh, it's only it's only an hour long, so they, they can't spend too much time on one particular, pro- uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I saw the thing and I was like, dude, Rand's Rock, hell yeah. God, I love, I love that, that artwork. Nice. And it, uh, what was it? It's um, it's all uh, uh, marker, isn't it? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. That sounds it's right. All, yeah. It's all marker. Um, so anyway, yeah. It sorry. was a while when markers were like super popular in comics, because like Eastman Laird used to do their color art with markers for Ninja Turtles. But anyway, uh, I'm, I still can't find a print. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ask my mom. Uh, talk to her tomorrow and see if she can remember who, who made that printer. Cause yeah, and try to figure out like, I there's there's no way I'm gonna remember the the model of it, but yeah, um, and then I can look it up and I can show you. But it was like I said it was this little tower printer, and uh, and it looked really cool. Um, but yeah, it uh, did not work for very long. <laughs> Just like a printer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, if I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, that comes to mind like that where uh, where there's a um, it, it's very like similar in so many ways to um, to a, to another movie. But yeah. like the, those two, like I said, they kind of really popped in my mind. I think we we discussed another one, maybe a whole different pod, like another podcast already. Mm-hmm. We're going to like the full details of it, but. Um, but they said those two, I was just like, huh, there's, there's so many, um, there's so many, uh, like similarities to this. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and not, not to where they're a they exact copy that I'm like, huh, I think it, it just bears mentioning. Yeah. Definitely. Or, or kind of, you know, just exploring a little bit more just in the sense of just kind of like talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you uh, think of anything else? Uh, no, no. My my brain has officially hit a wall. I'm sorry. I know I haven't been super entertaining this episode. I thought I had the oomph to to do a good podcast today. Today and turn, turns out not so much. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we uh, it, it's been a long week for us. You know, I think that's yes. one of the. It's been a long month for me, dude. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think that's one that the things about about our setup mm-hmm. is that we don't um, we don't have the the luxury of being able to like, hey, let's go ahead and like set up and we'll you know do a podcast like this weekend or like, hey, what are you doing Thursday? You know, we we plan everything out, you know, you know, like a couple weeks in advance, mm-hmm. and we pretty much stick to that regardless of whatever else is going on unless we just can't physically make it happen. Yep, yep. So even if it's a bad week and, and we're like <laughs> we're like yeah but it, we 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 got to we got to get this done so we just work the best we can. Yep. Um yep. to to get it done so but you know, I think with us especially as we've talked about before that when we're just just beat and just completely wrung out that's sometimes when like the the best stuff comes out and we just say the most outlandish shit yeah yeah because it's like we're just struggling to just stay awake and you know it's like it's like all even like i've got you know i've got like two filters right uh, well, I'll, I'll, I won't even call I have it no filters. I won't even call it call it a filter. I'll call it a porculus, right? So I've got two. <laughs> I've got the one that I control that I intentionally keep down and raise up. You know, you know, depending on the on the environment. Right, right. Then I've got the one that is like an automatic seal. You know, it's like it's like this one drops down. Just you know, it's it's um it's, it's, uh, it does it on its own. Like it, it's a uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, uh, your heart and your lungs are one of them. Um, uh, organs. No, no, no. You're thinking that you're thinking that thing that they use in all the Doris songs. Uh, but anyway, um, but this one is is it, it's um, uh, you know, it's, it's automatic. Like so, it will it will take care of itself. So Bells? I'm like, huh? Bells? No, uh, I'll, I'll think of the word I'm thinking about. But, but then when I get tired and loopy and I'm like trying to stay awake, that one doesn't always work. So, <laughs> so usually I'm way more unhinged when I'm tired. But man, this month, 
So, without going into a ton of details, because we're... Yeah, we're about an hour in. Without going into a ton of details, I've been handling my entire work account completely solo this month. I did the math. In the past month, I have addressed and repaired 143 printers. Dang. Yeah. So, thousands and thousands of miles driven. Lots of uh, 9 and 10 and 12 hour days. So, Akomi's a sleepy man. I can completely understand that. So, yeah, but I'll be I'll be funnier next time. <laughs> I won't. I'm never funny. I'm always dead serious. Yeah, you're always the the Vince Vaughn to my Will Ferrell. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, but no, um... Yeah, so, like, when we get to that point, though, you know, we just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of, everything, just things just come out, we just say outlandish stuff, and... Yeah. You know, I think it's great, though. That's, that's, that's my favorite. I, I do think that that's where all of our best, like, running jokes and repeat gags have come from. Because, like, Racist Bane, I mean, that, that was, like, four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I still don't know where Racist Bane came from. Like, I, I don't know. And then we're turning this into like a non-topic thing, which I know that was your plan all along. <laughs> you diabolical bastard. Um, but I don't know where Racist Bane came from, where the idea of saying something racist or primarily racist in a Bane <laughs> voice is somehow funny. Well, we were ranting about Dark Knight Rises. I know that. God, that movie sucks. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we were playing Tetris and Puyo Puyo, and that's possible. And, and so it was like late at night. We were doing this versus mode stuff, and so we were ranting about how much we hated Dark Knight Rises, and and then at some point it just like just came out out of a clear blue sky of like, oh, let me tell you about gypsies. <laughs> And then it just started falling apart from there. I know it did start with gypsies. It I do remember start that. With gypsies because that was like that, that's like the easiest thing to make racist jokes about without being politically incorrect. Right. So it definitely started with gypsies, and then it prop- promptly just like long jumped over the line into super politically incorrect. And and it, it's not when we say that you know you say like it's one you can make a fun of with you know without you know, being politically incorrect. It's not that, that like, oh, it's okay to make fun of gypsies, but I mean, what are they going to say about it? They're always, they're always traveling around. So even if they, (laughs) even if they send us a letter saying, oh, we object to this, you know, if we write them back, the letter always comes back like, you know, no known address or the person doesn't live here. So, you know, I mean, so yeah, they kind of are an easy target because like, well, I mean, they can just like, you know, Cast the evil eye on us if they want. There's not much we can do about it. Yeah. I mean, hell, they can do that right now anyway. <laughs> I would probably explain a lot about why this podcast is not more successful. Damn gypsies. We keep making fun of the damn gypsies. <laughs> but you know what, though? It should be more it, it should be more successful than if the gypsies are watching or listening to it, that means somebody is listening to it. <laughs> Unless, of course, they all get together and listen to it. So 20 people are all listening to the one episode. So instead yeah. of us getting 20 listens, we get one, but it's being heard by 20 people. Well, that's just some shit, man. You just, just buy 20 radios, you cheap moving bastards. 
if you guys would just if you would just find like a place to live, cheap moving bastard. Right, if you just find a place to live instead of like like picking up roots like every like your freaking McAfee there is like oh it's been six months time for me to go find a new house to hide in instead right? of living out of your carriages. Yeah. So if you did that, polishing right, silverware for a living, then you would have that money to buy more than one radio. And then you can listen to all the horrible things we say in the privacy of your own home instead of gathering around the fire. And so, I mean, that's what the retards do for us. I mean, it's the bare minimum you could do. Hmm. I mean, tr- surely you're better than them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that kind of sounded wrong, but I'm going to explain to you why it's not. Because... I just asked her a question. It's up to them to answer it, to be like, hell yeah, we are. Like, oh, now you're the bad person. <laughs> or for them to say, no, we're not. In which case, it's like, hey. <laughs> it's bad enough you're a gypsy. Do you want to be a retarded gypsy too? <laughs> oh. oh, good Lord. That's so, probably a good note to end on. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> No, uh, ma- making fun of gypsies and retards, as we do. I was just making fun of gypsies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I brought the retards into it. I always do. <laughs> I'm just saying. And see, I can make fun of gypsies all I want because if they ever decide, okay, you know what, screw you, we are going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to, you know, you know, you know, like, uh, put down roots here in this place just so we can then, you know, Come at you. Well, guess what? As soon as you put down roots, you're not a gypsy anymore. <laughs> That'll teach them. Yeah, I don't make the rules, man. <laughs> I do. Those gypsy rules were made long before I came here. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're an hour in. Okay. And you just keep saying it because you're really tired. And you I'm, fall asleep. I'm really tired. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably fall asleep anyway if we keep going. So, yeah, well, you'll never be a B girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that I was so confused that day. <laughs> that's that's so my fault, dude. I just didn't want did not want to admit to you that I fell asleep. So I was like. <laughs> Like, what did you mean? I'm like, you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was so confused that day. (laughs) If anybody wants to know what that's all about, it's in a previous episode. Just listen back through the catalog. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. I mean, I I could, I could look it up, but I mean, honestly, if you want to know, you go look it up, right? Yeah. I mean, they they can find it. So, um, we're worth that much, at least. I think so. We bring you this content for free. It's only like 160 episodes. You can get through that in a few days. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Oh, I think it's actually more than that, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because we're up to like 86 right now for season three. It, it's, and, um, it's like 163 or something like that by now, I think. I know. I think it's more than that because we're up to 86 right now. And I think first season was only like 30, but second season was... Like eighty something, so so I think we're I, I think we were right at two hundred. Wow, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I, mean, I know we both use a different numbering system. That's why we always have this conversation of like, oh, well, what's what number are we on now? Uh, yeah, because you. 
because you number like you send it to me like this is uh like episode blah 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 and then i renumber them for the podcast yeah, to be like yeah. this is our whatever of season three because i always approach it from like this is the blank number of podcasts that we've done yeah so um Okay, so hold on. Uh, I I did not renumber the first ones. We started off with with episode thirty three. Um, we went to eighty two. Hmm. So what's that like forty nine? I have no idea. I, I, <laughs> no, so no, you're right. You're right. It's uh, we're up to one hundred sixty eight right now. Ah, there we go. So my apologies. Oh, quite all right. I was going. Off, I was going off the last number there, and I wasn't. Didn't even realize that I didn't uh, renumber. Uh, renumber those uh, season two episodes. Ah. So there we go. Cool. But cool. still, I mean, yeah. So hundred It's not that many to go through. I, I'll give you. I'll give you uh, some help there. It's in season three. Um. Yes. Yes, it is. I forget what we were even talking about. Oh yeah, the B girl thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to figure out what the actual episode was about. I was like, I don't remember because I <laughs> fell asleep. And the thing is, I didn't fall asleep. I know, I know we've talked about this before already. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep. Like, I just lost consciousness for like a second. Yep. It was just a second. It, but it was so weird because like in my mind, that second was about 30 seconds long. <laughs> And I was thinking about the little B girl from the Blind Melon, uh, uh, the Blind Melon music video. I don't know like why. And then I came back with like, hey, and you never be a B girl. Um, so, and man, hmm. that lost me. <laughs> so yeah. <sighs> but right. yeah. So I've been a Comey, and my name is Turk One Eighty Two. I'm sleepy, and I am not. <laughs> Well, I, I actually kind of am, but I, I'm going to fight through it because uh, I'm actually, like, I've kind of got my second win right now, so. Oh, man. I, I spent my second win on Captain America. Oh. So. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, you know, if we have to, if we have to call it a night, we'll call it a night. But in either case, we are definitely going to call it an episode. Yes? We will, yes. All right. Um, and uh, hey, so as of this recording, this is June 26th. So we are almost a month away from uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh. Yeah. So just also make sure we put that out there. Cause this, I guess this actual episode... Oh, no, it won't post before GalaxyCon Raleigh because we are about to take our hiatus. We are. So this episode might not even post in... This might be like a season... Four episodes. It might be. Wow. God, that's gonna that, that's gonna have me starting season four off on a bad foot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're about to take our game. our one month summer hiatus. So as you guys know, if you're regular listeners, um, we do one month in the summer. Usually it's July, and we do uh, one month uh, in the winter, which is normally December. And we start back up with the 1st of January and the 1st of August. So we'll be doing that again. So we have one more uh, one more week of podcasts to post and uh, let's watch. And then we'll be on a break. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a much needed break. And uh, and so Galaxy Con Raleigh will be happening during that break. So 
more than likely when you hear this episode, unless we do something special to put it out before then, but when you hear this episode, it'll be after that. And mm-hmm. it'll be the first episode probably after Galaxy Con Raleigh, maybe. Or maybe uh, like the week after, so. Maybe, maybe not, because we've got a lot of two-parters that we still have to edit. Mm. So, depends yeah. depends on what order we do things in. Yeah. yeah we, we try to see chronological or our jokes for all, like, you know, when we yeah, make yeah. jokes about something else that we haven't even, like, put out there yet. But, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I, I broke that rule recently just because the two-parters are harder to edit. But, but hey, uh, I'll, I'll get on top of it. Yeah, well, when you're working 12-hour days and you still have to come home and, like, edit a podcast. You know, yeah, that's always <laughs> and, fun. And you've got, to, you've got to do a two-part, which is really just one long recording. You've got to break into two parts. <laughs> yeah, it can be a bit much. This is the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, completely understandable, but we, we try, uh, but anyway, yeah, so, um, uh, I'm still gonna put it out there anyway, not sure when this was gonna post, but yeah, we got GalaxyCon Raleigh coming up, um, July 28th, I do believe, mm-hmm. right? That weekend. Yep. 28th through August 1st. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, we won't have a table, but we'll be walking around, so come find us and start a fight. And, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, can try to get some interviews in. And, uh, I think this will be the first time that, uh, the first time that I've gone to a con, um, within the last couple of years without any real agenda. Just yeah. kind of, um, it'll, it'll be nice. And man, I can't wait to hit up some dollar bins, <laughs> some dollar boxes. I am just, I've been craving dollar boxes for a while. So, I really yeah, can't I, wait for that. Man. I always tell myself, it's like, oh, no, I've, I've got enough dollar books. I don't need any more. And then I always find like a massive stack of Cerebus or the Spirit or something. And I certainly don't help. And I'm like, dude, there's <laughs> a whole box of this over there. You have to get this one. This is a great series. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I do I do that. Um, <laughs> again, I know like this this episode probably won't air until afterwards. and uh, But I uh, figured I'd just go ahead and just put it out there. For, uh, you know, just in case, just in case, um, and I don't even know why I'm even talking about this. It's not like, you know, they're paying us for anything, but, um, here we are. So, I'm sorry, say the 29th through the 1st. Um, so, as of right now, we've got uh, uh, Matt Lantern uh, is going to be there. I guess he's in The Boys, which I haven't watched. The Tyler Hawklin, um, he played Superman in, I think, the Supergirl TV series, the CW one. Brent Spiner is going to be there, which I'm actually look really hoping to uh, to meet. Um, so, yeah, you got uh, Data's going to be there, um, mm-hmm. and Dr. Mm-hmm. Oaken. Uh, William Shatner is going to be there. Lana Parilla, who I think she was from Once. Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Barry Boswick. Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, uh, who has been in like 13 Ghosts, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, and uh, American Pie, mm-hmm. Thomas Ian Nichols, uh, Nicholas um, from uh, uh, Rookie of the Year. Yep, yep. Funky butt loving. <laughs> so, uh, and I, wasn't he also in um, an American Pie movie with uh, 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 Shannon Elizabeth? Maybe. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is also in that really bad remake of uh, Night of the Demons. Okay. She's she's good in that. Um for a for a remake of Night of the Demons, which, you know, I don't think it really did it justice, but she's good in it. Yeah. And you got uh Oh, Matt Lantern again. Um <laughs> who does the voice of uh Anakin in the Clone Wars. Um Ashley Eckstein Eckstein Eckstein, um, who did the voice of uh Soka. Uh 
Christopher Sabat, who I guess does the voice of Vegeta and All Might. That is Vegeta, right? Mm-hmm. Vegeta. Jody Benson, I guess does the voice of Little Mermaid. I'm uh, Jim Cummings, who was Darkwing Duck and Winnie the Pooh. Oh, and millions of others. Yeah. Uh, millions Kevin, of others. Kevin Conroy, who I don't really need to tell you the voice of. If you don't know who Kevin Conroy is, then you just need to keep your ass at home. <laughs> um, Justin Briner, who I think that's a My Hero Academia character, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Deku. Okay. Um, Monica Rial, Um She's got some uh, uh, Academia and uh, Dragon Ball Z characters there. Um, Jason Liebrecht. Um, who's some DBZ and some other stuff there. Uh, Brett Ewan, um, looks like he does the voice of Mickey Mouse. Roger yeah. Craig Smith, who does the voice of Sonic. Hell yeah. And, uh, he did the voice of Captain America in, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So I was like, all right, cause Earth's Mightiest Heroes is like, that's the shit right there. That yeah. cartoon is the best. And, um. And Sonic. Sonic. My boy. And Batman and Batman Unlimited and uh crap, I can't think of his name. Diamond Head uh and Ben Ten. I don't know which Ben Ten it was. I love the original Ben Ten Diamond Head. He's kinda awesome. Dana Snyder, who's a really cool guy. Um, who I'm actually looking forward to to talking to again because I want to know what the deal is with Squidbillies. Uh, if it's actually <laughs> gonna come back. <clears throat> I don't think it is, but I wanna know. Plus, I wanna know if they're gonna make any more episodes of Dallas and Robo. I dig Dallas and Robo. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then you've got uh, just some comic book. I shouldn't say, and you got some comic book. You've got some uh, comic book creators as well. Uh, Jerry Conway's going to be there. Uh, he's done a lot of uh, Marvel and DC stuff. He's a creator of, uh, of uh, was it? Uh, co-creator of The Punisher. He wrote the Superman versus uh, Spider-Man. Uh, co-creator of Jason Todd, Power Girl, and Firestorm. Dude, I love me some Power Girl, yo. Oh, yeah. Power uh, Girl's awesome. I thought Power Girl was designed by Wally Wood, though. It says co-creator, so oh. he, he he may have designed it, but I guess this is the guy that uh, helped write her character. Huh. Um, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, but at the same time, I'm not sure who's... I, I'm not familiar with a lot of these people's work, um, uh, but uh, Jim Shooter's going to be there. I got a chance to talk to Jim Shooter the last con I was at. So uh, really nice guy, super cool, um, really easy to talk to. Uh, uh, Joelle Jones, uh, who did Lady Killer and Catwoman. Bob Hall did a West Coast Avengers and Squadron Supreme. So really nice to meet him, get him to sign something in mind. Peter David, uh, who we have talked about numerous times because Peter David is a fantastic writer. Yes. Really like Peter David's stuff. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and that's just uh, kind of who they have right now. And then under just straight literary guests, um, one of the people I'm most interested in, uh, in talking to is Melinda Snodgrass. And I hate saying that because uh, the only thing I really know her from, I've never really read any of her novels, but I know her from the uh, from the Wild Cards uh, mosaic books uh, edited by George Mar- George R. R. Martin. Yeah. And I love Wild Cards. And uh, so I got to remember to take one of my original Wild Cards books. Um and get her to see if I can get her to sign it. Then you got a bunch of wrestlers like uh, Mark Henry, Rob Van Dam, Ted DiBiase, <laughs> uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, Lex Luger. Oh, the Steiner brothers are going to be there? Yeah. Holy shit. Um, uh, Leva Bates, uh, and then this Katie Forbes. I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> You've got some cosplayers and then some fan groups and 
you know, there's lots of fun stuff. And that's just where we are right now. It is going to be for those of you that have uh, been to any of the Galaxy Cons, whether it's Raleigh or Richmond, um, you know that normally it's a, a bigger affair. This one, of course, is smaller right now. Uh, so they may add like another guest or two. Um, I don't know why I'm doing such a promotion for these guys. But anyway, they may add another uh, guest or two between now and the 29th of July. And I assume they will, but it is going to be a much smaller affair. They are keeping the keeping the venue um, keeping the venue smaller, but the uh, tickets are still available. Yeah, and but, uh, but this podcast might be posted after the show. <laughs> might be posted after the show. So if you missed it, I'm sorry. Um, hey, it just gives you another reason to work on that time machine. You should have been there. It was awesome. But then if you do work on the time machine, then it'll change everything we just said. So then you wouldn't have known to go back and make the time machine. So in fact, you would just end up right back where you are right now, wishing you had made that time machine, not understanding that you already had. If you can build a time machine, travel back to the past and kill me before I reach full power. Actually, if, if you travel back, if you can travel back in the past, you actually would need to kill me. Just, just go for us both. I mean, you got a time machine. You got time. You got all the time in the world. Um, and the reason I say it is because we already have a pact mm-hmm. that if one of us ever gets any kind of power like that, it's up to the other person to kill them because we know that nothing good is going to come of it. Well, yeah. So if you reach full power, that's either because I didn't do my job and I assisted you in becoming more powerful, <laughs> or uh, which is more than likely the case. Uh, there's really, there's really no more to it. But this is me at full power. Well, at full power, you're about to fall asleep. Yeah. Like, so it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> I've peaked. Nowhere uh, to go but down. <laughs> and those are the words that are written on the wall above my headboard. <laughs> I have peaked. <laughs> There's nowhere else to go here. <laughs> all right. And with that, I bid you adieu. Thank yeah. you all very much. I hope you have a good one. Me. My name is Turk182. Bye. Bye. Zang, yo. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.